When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you get to these milestones or when you get to this place of like, oh, I get why I am who I am, it's because you've had to overcome some obstacles. You've had to face some trying times. And so that's how you know the core of what you're made of. You know, if I if I couldn't get up off of that ground after those white boys ran me over with a truck, and I, I say that literally, like I was murdered and came back. Oh, you didn't know this story, baby? And when I came back into my body, I heard the police officer, one woman ran five miles, this was before cell phones, this was back in the 90s, ran, called the, the police and the, and the, uh, the one policeman came and I heard him say to the boys who were still in the truck, mind you, because they said that they were afraid for their lives to come out. The wow. boys said, the, the police officer said to the boys, uh- one less N word in the world is fine with me. Stop it. Told them to drive away. They drove away. He drove away and left me for dead. I remember the psychiatrists, the whole psychiatry crew came through and they were like, Do you have anger? Are you are you angry at these men? And I said, You know what? I really do forgive them because they know not what they do. I I I hear me when I say I went on a true forgiveness path because I knew I couldn't burden my own self with being angry at them, I had to get out of that hospital. I had one goal, it was one job on this ship, and that was me getting out of there with both legs intact, honey. I was not gonna wear a shoe, I am too vain. I am not going to have no legs. Mama's going out the way I came in. I'm gonna have some scars, but I can handle that. I got to get out, 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 I got to get out. Welcome to Wow Black a seriously opinionated podcast bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Welcome back, people. Listen, folks. We got a, an amazing episode for you today. It's one of the ones that, like, I really don't know where it's going to go. And the kind of guest we have today, like, she's done so many things. And I don't mean so many things like she started a business here and, you know, she's selling T-shirts. I, I mean, like, some major big things, like work with the Dalai Lama, you know, Heading what? or right, <laughs> heading organizations 
traveling to countries that I literally have no idea where they are. And because of that, all I'm going to do is tell you her name. And then in a very non-traditional wild black fashion, I'm going to let her tell you much more about who she is and what she's done. Because this is one of those rare occasions where I truly cannot do it justice. So with that, Wild Black, I want to introduce you to Amakayla Gaston, affectionately known as Ami as we move forward. Ami, welcome to Wild Black. Please, please, welcome, please. Welcome, oh, Tell them, you, tell them who you. you are. Hey, listen, first of all, y'all are called Wild Black. Let's just give it up to the Wild Black magic of this moment. I've been so excited to talk to you. Art sprays on the roof. I love it. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm so excited to watch you get down on your greens. Uh, if y'all can't see it, he's got the salad of life happening. It's so this salad is so fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's called summer love. That's right. We gotta kick it right like that. Oh my gosh. Let's see. My name is Emma Kayla. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, I uh, am a singer. I am a cultural arts ambassador. I am the founder of the International Cultural Arts and Healing Sciences Institute. I am the executive director of World Trust. And I am here and I am Black. And listen, while we are Black, we have to kick it back and testify to all of the magic and mystery and mojo of the times. Can we just get it going on about that? Amen. Amen. Hey, As hey. you can tell, she is all the things. And, and even though she <laughs> gave you a bit of like what she's done, we know very well that what we do as people can never encompass who we are or what we're destined to create, mm -hmm. deliver, put into right. the world. And you'll get some of that today because what That's she has good. done is far more impactful than where she has been and who she has <laughs> sat next to. So get ready for this one. With that... <laughs> Ami, we're going to jump right in. Art, are you ready to hit it with the wild black shit? Absolutely. I can't wait. This is going to be extremely fun, uh, as exactly. always, but I'm, I'm so interested in these, these answers. So, Ami, yes. this yes. is how it works. It's three questions. Mm. Two of them get you warmed up. You already warmed up, so these are going to be like home runs. <laughs> and then the third one is our signature question that we ask every single guest. We love that third Ooh, one, too. I love it. You ready to go? Let's go, baby. All right. First question. Wait, hold now, up, hold up. Let me let me spin the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she ready. She ready. She ready. <laughs> Born ready, The baby. sound Let's effects. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Now, you know, we and, and this is this is such a fitting question because Vince is over there eating a the salad. We go Brother, hard I'm not eating this salad. I'm tearing this salad tail you, you, up. Devouring. Yeah, you, you devouring. Now, <laughs> since, since we on food, right, this, this, this is going to be a food question. Oh, I love it. You know, we, we, we love food, and a lot yeah. of us have eaten at buffets, right? And <laughs> depending on your point of view, you may have graduated or accelerated out of buffets, or you may have accelerated <laughs> into the best buffets in the world, as you are a world traveler. Hey. So thinking in whatever time frame that you can, mm -hmm. tell us what is the best buffet that goes the hardest. Let's 
Ben, I love it. You know what? That question is, are you just speaking to my heart, baby doll? I am a a Washington, D.C. baby, and there ain't nothing like Sunday brunch. And there ain't nothing like a Sunday brunch buffet with my people out in Chocolate City. And you go down by the water, and if you get me a seafood buffet, you better shut your mouth. I got me some lobsters, some shrimp, some gumbo, like all the things. Mm. If it's got all the things, I love me a buffet all day long. DC. You made my salad water. taste even better when you said gumbo. Oh, mm. Come on with it. Mm, you that, better know it. Look, a seafood got, gumbo. And, <laughs> and let's say, mm. I got you because uh, I also have, my people are also in Nolens and ain't nothing like Nolens gumbo and going to a crawfish bowl, baby. Listen, if, there, if there's buffet mm-hmm. with any of those pieces to the mix, I'm down. Yeah, Otherwise, I'm if right there with you. one of the you know what I'm saying? If it's one of those little ladyfinger salad sandwich things, I'm not trying to do all that. I'm trying to get with it. And it's got to have me some Southern flavors. Give me some fried chicken. Look, for half the things you said, I'll be done threw this salad to the side and babe, dove in. Right. Babe, it took your shirt off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, just so we're going to swim in some lobster butter, baby. Let's just go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Slather it on like lobster. That's right. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Second question. Yes. Still on, still on the food. That? No, just do it. Yes, do it. <laughs> do you want it See? on your collard greens? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, with the jail Scott in the she house. She ready. She ready. She ready. All right, look. <laughs> secretly, we all see our inner selves as chefs. Or, or some of us do. <laughs> and always talking about what we about to chef up. So let's get real. Every dish that comes out of our kitchen ain't absolutely amazing. <laughs> so is not. Not ever, not is not is mm-hmm. not. That it is, is sure true. not. That is so true. what is that classic dish that you just can't seem to get right? Man, you know what? I swear for God, you must have been hearing me talk about the fact that I shamefully, I cannot fry chicken right. Like my grandmama, she got that Why right. he shut it down? Why he shut the whole oh. recording down? We got to shut it down and start over. <laughs> right. <laughs> Back to my salad. The connection is breaking up. We can't hear you no more. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. When my family, okay, so here, dig it. My family, I really do love me some true, you know, my people are from Alabama, Ohio, you know, Midwest and South. And so if you can't handle your collard greens correctly, this is real. If you can't handle your black eyed peas correctly, if you can't handle your cornbread correctly, they're going to talk about you. So I, I mastered those. But when you can't get your fried chicken correctly, baby, I am the conversation starter and ender. In my family, they just laugh their behinds off because they're like, and Miss Thing with her big behind still can't cook no good fried chicken. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm like, man, I try. I got my I got my fixings all good. Everything's ready to go. But the fire on my cast iron skillet, 
and a and a and a gas stove, baby. I gotta I gotta watch it. I got and I be flipping too much, and everybody tells me I'm doing a little too much of this and not enough of that. I can't get it right. I can't. Get so it wait, right. wait, wait. So what? Ha- so is it? Is it? It's what either, makes it off? You know what? It doesn't have that crispy crisp, right? Like it's not. Mm-mm-mm. It's not like when you get it out and it's just so. Like I'll I'll think that the crust is just right. And then the chicken's not all the way cooked. Like, I can't get it. Oh. You know what I'm saying? And then if I leave it in too long, it's going to burn. So, like, everybody has these little tricks that they do to have the chicken cooked right. And it's, yep. it's, them wing, it's the wings, baby. It's the wings that give me the, the drama for your mama. And the, I love heat. it. It's the heat. It's the heat. It's the heat. I'm not, it's, yeah. I'm, it's the, it's, I can't find that balance just yet. So I'm gonna keep trying, man. But that's that's the one that gives me all kinds of agita. Obviously, wow. they're like, "Oh Lord!" And everybody's like, "And now it's time for some chicken wings." And Mama, if it, if I'm not barbecuing those bad boys, I could do that. But if you ask me to fry them, I'm gonna have to ha- take a minute. Mm. It's gonna be so dry. I can't do it while you're sitting right there. I gotta. It's gotta. I need some assistance. <laughs> Wow. Okay. I know. Okay. And it's like a core ingredient for some really good gumbo. It's some good ass fried chicken up in that piece. And I'm mama, I can't get it. I know. It's really I'm frustrating. Mm. I'm not gonna lie, I was eating, I was it. getting sad. I was getting a little sad when I heard you talking. <laughs> I was getting a little sad. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it was. I, I don't know if you saw it, that Denzel tear fell yeah. from my left eye. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't I don't know if you, you, watch know if you saw me roll. touching my eye. I know. It I makes you like, cry, oh. right? It, mm-hmm. It's like a crime. But let me ask y'all, brothers. Can y'all fry some chicken? Is it, is oh, yeah. it fried chicken? I can, I can, I can test the chicken, right? chicken out. I can, yeah, I can, I can, I can fry some chicken, chicken out. Mm-hmm. You can fry some chicken. Get my batter right. Yeah. Now, trick? I, I can't get cornbread right. I can't get cornbread right to save my life. Oh, okay. So I could burn down some cornbread. See? Yeah. I could do you some talk, You're talking about from scratch then. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I can do me some seriously good collard greens. With some smoked turkey neck, but I need to figure out the heat portion of the program. Chicken. That's it. That's all you got to do is figure out your heat. If your batter's right, all you got to do is figure out your heat, and you good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what? Are you mm. have to fly out here to California, baby, and give me some leftovers? I got you. Yeah, I got it. you. I might do that. <laughs> I think you might put it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Look, we gonna hit it. you with this third question. This is this is the signature question. Give it, give it. What do you love most about life while black? Man, and I remember when your boy asked me that in the free call that we did. And I love that question so deeply, like from a deep, deep place. And I have to tell you, it took me on a journey since you first asked me, Bridget. There's so many things that I love while being black. The mm-hmm. first one is, the first one is our music. <laughs> No matter where I go on the planet, I, 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 I can't even begin to tell you our ability to absorb polyrhythms, to have it be so complex. And people, people just don't even know what's happening. When I just went to a concert with Umbu Sangare and Angelique Kijo, and I do like different, like listen to music from all over the world, but yeah. African rhythms, the polyrhythms that they do when, and, and I'm also a drummer, so studying the djembe, studying the conga, studying the bata, you have to know what's up with rhythm. And if the rhythm is off, the whole song is off. And you might not know why, but us and our ability to throw some drum and bass in the place and get in that deep pocket, like baby, during COVID, I had to go down 
the Marvin Gaye Stevie Wonder rabbit hole. I couldn't mm. listen to anything else. I couldn't listen to like modern day music. It was too, it gave me too much, too much fever. I needed to go yeah. back to the 60s and 70s and kick it. Something that could calm you from the inside yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that was my medicine. That music, our music, that represented who we be. Like, seriously, I know it's kind of pat to say, but Marvin Gaye's what's going on. That album is still everything. And Every, it's still everything. applicable and apropos to this very day. Right now. So without, our, listen, Classic. exactly. Classic. And without our music, I, 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 Oh my God! I don't know what I would do. Honest to God. Now, if you, if, if you, <laughs> if you felt so again. inclined, you could, you know, you could sing a little bit if you felt so inclined. We we wouldn't <laughs> stop that. Maybe, maybe your do favorite track. No, we wouldn't oh stop. Oh my God! What's my favorite favorite? You know, I love this, this Stevie Wonder. I don't know if you know the song "Big Brother" by Stevie Wonder. Your name is Big Brother. You say that you got. Me all in a notebook. You know, he's breaking it down about yeah. how we're being studied and yeah. how you all think you are have us unlocked, but it's a very powerful song. If you haven't checked it, it out, it's one of those ones, deep track back in I the back. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love the little tease too. That was all right. 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 We heard, she said we heard she it flowing eased in, it there. in there. Yeah, she yeah. eased the teaser in there. Yeah. 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 You know, you know. Yeah, I like it, yeah, like yeah. it. All right, we, we might get a little more singing in this thing later. We're going to sing. Y'all are fun to talk hey, to. Oh, we try to have it. a good time and, and teach some people at the same time. Yeah. Speaking, uh, we're, we're going to jump into the dope quote. And the dope quote for all of our listeners, they already know it's something from education, science, politics, religion, entertainment, any aspect of life that we exist in, and it has relevance on the episode. So I'm going to read it to you, and then I would love to get your thoughts on this particular quote. Today's dope quote is, in order to change the world, you have to get your head together first. And that's by Mr. Jimi Hendrix. in order My to baby. change the world, you have to get your head together first. Mm-hmm. When you hear that, what comes to mind for you? What does that mean to you? When the sun begins to shine, I don't mind. Hear me, baby. When for six yeah. nine. So what comes to mind for me is that truly, that is just some deep knowledge from that deep brother that left us too early. 27. What's up with that age? Everybody far, far too early. Float out at that mm-hmm. time. I really, and it's the start of your Saturn returns, which is also very deep fitting, astrologically speaking, the fact that, you know, you're entering into this deep internal time space, time warp. And so I think that for Jimmy to say that, when his whole thing was about being experienced, have you ever been experienced? You know, and he's all about like mind tripping and, and, yeah. and, Getting into, this is where I live. I live in the land of the bigness. My whole thing is about being beyond. How can we be beyond the ists and the isms of our body wrappers? How can we experience the bigness of our life and being more than who we are? And if you don't have your mind right, that's the only way you can change the world is if you step into Mm -hmm. the bigness of you. If you step into your shoes. And I think that's what's happening right now. There's not enough compassion in our world. We live in a land and in a society that's so atomistic. Everybody's in their own world with their own headset on, walking around, not saying hello anymore. I mean, there's something to be said for manners, right? I mean, listen, yeah. manners make a man. Um, we need 
to have mm. people saying good morning to one another. We need to have people saying please and thank you and having it be about how we can coexist and love one another for real and get back to the garden. And I think that that's what Jimmy was talking about when, you know, you look at all the ways that if your mind isn't right with respect to how you take care of self, how you take care of others, you can't live yeah. in the world or make any kind of change if you're just yeah. pressed about your own greenbacks and handling your own business and doing your own thing in your own world. There's no community. There's no, yeah. there's no us when it's just I, you know, it's, it's a very I love that. beautiful, dope quote. Beautiful quote. From the Reverend Hendrix. I don't know the right words to say this, but, and, and Art, I'm sure you feel it too. Talking to you, like, it, you feel a very like, earthy, organic, mm. inner kind, warm. Like, it just, it, it's, it's a feeling like, you know, like, like family. It, I don't know how to, how to put it there, but it's obvious. Like, and again, like, as I've dove into your, your bio and seen some of the work, like, I, I get it. Right, I get it. Like you, you meet people who are nice, and then you meet people who you, I won't even say f you feel on a different level, but they bring a completely different feeling and energy to the room. And you are absolutely one of those people. And I yeah. you know what? I'm yeah. just a reflection of you. I'm just a reflection of you. I really am. I'm just a reflection of you. I feel the same about y'all. It's so I beautiful it. to be on this show. And this show exists. Yay, Wild Black, yes. Everybody, That's everywhere, it. listen to this show for real. Yeah, we, we just want you to feel good and walk away better. When you talk about changing the world and making it better and going back to Jimmy about making sure your head is together first, it brings me to this place where, and we don't normally start the core of our interview in such a big place, but I think there's so much, going back to your word, bigness that's around here. I do. I, like the very first question, I, I want to... If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. I want to start at a very, very broad, impactful level. And I want to ask you... It's going to sound simple, and I'm sure you've you got an answer ready for it, but <laughs> with who you are and, and what you believe and what I'm sure you, you realize you do and bring to people, mm. why do you think you're even here? Like, what is your reason for being on this planet in this space right now? I, listen, I live in the land of big questions, so I love that we started right here. Um, <laughs> that is real. That's real. Otherwise, everything else is just, you know, chitty chat chats. Yeah. Um, I do. My mother says this thing. She says, you have two birthdays, one where you're born into this world and one where you know why you were born into this world. That's just like a mm. birthday. And so I really do believe that why I'm here is to be in a space where I can see and feel and know just what we were just talking about, how we reflect back to one another the beauty of our inner being. Like there's something so spiritually relevant that's different than religion. It's very much so about spirit and about being in an aligned space with fellow organic souls walking this planet. And how do we choose 
to be better, to be bigger, to be um, about love versus hate. I mean, and, and I think that part of what I really want to explore in this lifetime in the why of who I be is why we hit against one another, why we choose this versus that, that binary thought pattern that's causing such disruption, what it's going to look like when we expand and explode our horizons and get that kaleidoscope mind going. So we see things like in a diamond fashion where everything, every facet of who we be is allowed to coexist at the same time. Like I often wonder about where it came from that you're supposed to impose on men the inability to show emotion. And I think that, you know, as we've aged and grown as a society, it's not as much as it used to be. Like, I mean, I used to hear it all the time with the boys, toughen up, straighten up, stop crying, da 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 da. But I think my hope, and you all can speak to this more, is that people aren't as ridiculous as that anymore. But it could be still there. And I think that some of it is based on the fact that there is a, a you know, the hunter-gatherer. Everybody pulls that, you know, example up. But I think right. it's even more than that. I think it's that there's a us versus them that's still happening, even within men versus women. And I, I think that you can have all these different parts. If we allowed ourselves to experience all of our parts, the fullness of who we be, there would be no need for that. We would just, you know, step into whatever role is naturally innate within us. Be yeah. and so we wouldn't have to go into the gender fluidity thing. It would just be we just are who we are. Yeah. And um, yeah. I'm excited in this lifetime to keep posing that question to folk. And yeah. I think that that's the beauty of you all. What you just asked me, the fact that we can yeah. have a conversation that's bigger than politics, bigger than your job, bigger than you know who are you in the world yeah. is a beautiful bigness. So I want I want to ask a. Uh, a functional question behind yes. that, right? Because as you were talking, one, I realized the truth in that because I've experienced it, right? When I've experienced those moments when you realize, oh, this is this is why I'm here. Like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then you you find a new energy and ability to fight for your place in the world to be able to do that boldly, loudly. And so as you were talking, what it made me think is there's a journey to get to that point, right? There's a journey that you're on with the destination being something around the idea of understanding of, of self and acceptance of purpose or something said in, in those veins. But the question I want to ask is, it is easy to stand where you are now or where I think I am now and say, I get it because I have found that, right? I'm still on my journey, but I understand. I haven't made it to the destination yet. But what is difficult that I see come up quite often from people that I talk to both on the show and off is the question of how do I even start? If they're starting this journey, how do they find their way to these milestones or rest stops that happen along the way of this journey? What, what kind of advice do you have for someone doing that? I love that question. I do. Thank I you. think it's so well thought out. It isn't just some slapped on like, what brought you here today? Um, it's a very, very, you know what I mean? It's a very poignant question. I think for me, um, and whenever I speak to, you know, some of my mentees or any of the youth that I work with and, and just, you know, actually fellow friends, the, our journey to our full self and our authentic self um, really does right. require us to examine um, with honesty and 
resiliency, our ability to have grit. And I think that that's another thing that's what's happening in our society. You know, and people talk about how, you know, kids on the playground, they don't fall on concrete no more. They've fallen on soft, little cushy, this, that, and the other thing. So they have no grit, right? (laughs) They have no resiliency. And so we're turning into this, um, a constellation of folks that can't be strong within their own skin. And so when you get to these milestones or when you get to this place of like, oh, I get why I am who I am, it's because you've had to overcome some obstacles. You've had to face some trying times. And so that's how you know the core of what you're made of. You know, if I if I couldn't get up off of that ground after those white boys ran me over with a truck, and I, I say that literally, like I was murdered and came back. Oh, you didn't know the story, baby? Oh, yes, I was murdered and Mm-mm. I was murdered in a hate crime, shug. Oh, yes, these, I was, uh, I, it was, it was the last big bash before I went off to medical school and I was going to the festival with all these musicians and it was out in the woods in Michigan. <clears throat> and these five white men, we got up to the place it was before they opened up the doors and it was really hot. And so, you know, my friend and I jumped out of the car and she went over to one side of the road and I went on the other side of this, this dirt road out in Michigan, honey. I was out there in a place called Hart, which I think is hilarious that this happened in a place called Hart. And I was out in this mm. big field of flowers and I was just standing there and this, and my boyfriend at the time who had just gotten engaged kept having this dream. He was like, I really don't want you to go to Michigan. I keep dreaming that you get hit by this big white truck. He was very, very, very psychic. And so when I was walking wow. down, down the streets of D.C., I'm looking for the big white truck. I'm like, he was dreaming about this for months and months and months. So finally, when I kind of went, he was like, please don't go, please don't go. I was like, I'm going. I'm going I'm to get my groove on with all these bands. I'm gonna about to have some music fun before I've got to buckle down and, and study, study, study. And I went into this field and all of a sudden, I turned around and I got run over in a field by a big white truck. I kid you not. And these five white boys drove me, dragged me 86 feet on a gravel road. And I remember while I was rolling under the truck thinking, Jesus. I got to tell Mark he was right. <laughs> All I got to do. <laughs> and listen, Art, he looks just like you. I was like, I got to tell Mark that he was right. Um, and it was, it was a very, very uh, interesting moment because I died. I left my body. I came back. Like the whole thing, the whole near-death experience. And when I came back into my body, I heard the police officer, one woman ran five miles, this was before cell phones, this was back in the 90s, ran, called the, the police and, the, and the, uh, the one policeman came and I heard him say to the boys who were still in the truck, mind you, because they said that they were afraid for their lives to come out. The wow. boys said, the, the police officer said to the boys, uh- one less N word in the world is fine with me. Stop it. Told them to drive away. They drove away. He drove away and left me for dead. He did not call an ambulance. He did not do anything. So the same woman ran another five miles back to the payphone, called an ambulance. And it was because, and as I was getting to my last, like I was almost out of blood. I was bleeding out on the road. I was almost, everything was, I was about to be done breathing. The ambulance came and I got air choppered to the hospital nearby. And everybody kept asking me when I was in the hospital and they were literally patching me back together like popsicle sticks and gum, honey, because I had 70 degree 
burns. Like it was a really big deal. Like all my ribs were smashed into my lungs. My legs were broken. My eyelids fell off. All the yes, and honey. Um, oh my God. <laughs> they said to me, we know that you are probably really angry with these men. And, I, and, and so we're going to, in order to prevent you from potentially getting gangrene, we're going to have to amputate your legs. And I was like, you know what? Maybe tomorrow, not today. And I would say that every day. And I couldn't speak because there were tubes everywhere. So I would write it on a little piece of paper. Maybe tomorrow, not today. Every day they come and they look at my, my, my skin grafts and my bone grafts. And they'd be like, oh my God, we can't believe your bones grew this much overnight. And because all night long I was... When something happens to your kitchen, you might say... This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Praying all night long, I was visualizing my body healing itself from the inside out. And honey, we had drum circles going and all these wow. people praying for me. And uh, I remember the psychiatrists, the whole psychiatry crew came through and they were like, do you have anger? Are you, are you angry at these men? And I said, you know what? I really do forgive them because they know not what they do. I, I, I hear me when I say I went on a true forgiveness path because I knew I couldn't burden my own self with being angry at them. I had to get out of that hospital. I had one goal. It was one job on this ship. And that was me getting out of there with both legs intact, honey. I was not going to wear a shoe. I am too vain. I am not going to have no legs. Mama's going out the way I came in. I'm going to have some scars, but I can handle that. I got to get out. And so I knew that I couldn't focus on being angry at these men. And so all of that to say is that the core grit that I realized that I had when I came out of that hospital it was all better two years later, made me realize that I could do anything. It made me re-examine my, yes, yes, right, my life, my charge, my calling, my reason for being. So that was where my first why came in. And that's what took me to the Dalai Lama. After I came out of the hospital, one of my albums had been released and the Dalai Lama heard it. How the hell? I do not know. But I got an email asking me, would I please, he's choosing six people from around the world to sing for this giant unveiling of this giant 75-foot golden Buddha statue, would I fly out to India and do it? And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> I just rolled out there and it was real. I was like, at first, this is, you know, this is back in the day when they were like, I got like, call me now. And you know what? I, I asked my mom, I said, mommy, should I do this? She was like, girl, Call me now. You call it from under a truck. You can go do whatever you want to do. And it's that statement right there. And I try and tell everybody, every time I give a keynote or do any kind of conversations with folks, you don't have to be run over by a truck like I did to get that. Your path in this world, whatever obstacles you have in your way, it's usually because it's something unresolved internally that you feel like you're being stopped by. You have anger at somebody or there's some unresolved emotional thing. And if you forgive yourself and whatever's standing in your way, everything else is just logistics, honey. You know, even finding money, even wow. find, you know, people are always like, oh, you say that and you have money. No, I don't have any money. I have to conjure money just like the rest of us, baby. We got to cook it up. 
make that spell, bring it on in with the, you know, the prosperity. We got to get it, get it, get it. And if you believe inherently that you deserve it, that you, that you are a child of God and live in a space of self-defied <laughs> defiance, right? Like I know that I'm defined by my grit and my will to live and love and be present in this world today. And that's what drives me. So everywhere I go, no matter where I go in the world, that's what I walk through the door with. And I think it puts people at ease. They know that they're loved no matter what's going on, that they're forgiven no matter what they've done. You know, going into prisons and talking to folk that are incarcerated, going into uh, refugee camps and talking to folk about what's going on. You know, you have to have that level of compassion. You have to have that heart voice that speaks to folk heart to heart. And that goes beyond language. And so I do a lot of music as medicine programming. I have this whole thing that I take with the State Department as a cultural arts ambassador. And we sing and drum and make music together. And then we talk about what hardships you're going through. And then we get to a place of resolution. How can we be of service to you? It takes that kind of trajectory of walking folk into that hard place where they get to remember and understand why their big why on why they're on the planet and have someone reflect back to them that they are worthy of being here. And I am grateful for their presence, whether they are a seven-year-old black Iraqi refugee child, whatever it is, whoever you are, no matter your station in the village or the house or the White House, wherever you at, you have a right to be there. And I'm going to support you wherever you at. Look, to to the listeners Mm. out there right now, there are a couple of things I want to bring out. One, I know you heard that subtle, that subtle flex. I know you heard her drop the Dalai Lama. I know you heard her mention being a cultural ambassador for the State Department. I know you heard her talk about the International Cultural Arts and Healing Sciences Institute. I know you heard that going back to how we kicked this thing off. Ami is doing things in a way that I cannot say I know other people that are doing. And I don't know if that means I need to know better people or I just need to get closer to Ami. I think both are going to happen. But honestly, right, as, as you were talking and you were telling, also, I think you, you by far win the award for the most interesting <laughs> story ever told on Wild Black. It was, it, it was so much so. <laughs> Look, after, I think we had like 215 episodes, wow. I was thinking in my head as I was listening, where the hell do I go after, after that? that. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh, but, my God. But I figured it out. In, in, in one of the skills of an interviewer yes, is listening. Yes, I should. And I figured out where I want to go in listening. And there, there are a couple of things. One, comically, I think we all absolutely want to know what song Ooh. you sang. Because being one of six in the world <laughs> is powerful. But before that... What, what I want you to talk about is, is, is this. You mentioned that not everyone needs to be hit by a truck and almost murdered to find this that lives yes. inside of them. And, and I absolutely agree with that. And, and I'm grateful because I don't know that I would have had the strength that you did had I been hit by a truck to find my moment. But what I do think has to happen that is definitely not equally uncomfortable, <laughs> but is definitely in an uncomfortable place is you do have to find yourself in a position to break from all the things you've been taught as a person growing up in this world full of misdirection. 
you do have to understand not only the wrongs and the rights that are around you, but how to operate in the face of pressure that is not going to understand your new direction Mm. and purpose until they see enough of your footsteps in front of them to follow. Right? So there is that process that has to happen. What, What I want you to do now for the people... You didn't inspire them to start <laughs> preaching. I think I'm going to that T-shirt, I heart God. You better know it, yeah. baby. That's right. I, I love that it. On, <laughs> I do want you to tell people, like, what does that work look like, right? When, when they're at home and, and they have those real moments in the dark late at night when, when you have no choice but to be fully honest with yourself, when you can look at yourself or think to yourself, I don't like my position or I don't like what I'm doing. I don't like yeah. my contribution. Yes. Talk, to, talk to the people listening about how to move that. Tactically, how do you start yes. the process to accept where yes. you're supposed to be? So the first thing you have to say to yourself is, we who believe in freedom cannot rest. There's no rest. There's the way that yeah, we yeah, keep it yeah. moving. And getting you to the promised land is to keep pushing that boulder up the mountain. You might not want to push that boulder up the mountain. You might be sick of being on that mountain. But guess what? You're getting to the top of the mountain. So how are you going to get there? You're going to sing your way up there. You're going to walk your way up there. You're going to get some friends to help you push that boulder up there. But you're going to utilize all of your resources at your command and in your imagination. And that's the piece. The first thing is get your mind right. That radical imagination Mm. pushes that ball further than you ever thought you were going to go. When you start believing that you can, then you start doing it. And just the way you so beautifully put it about the footsteps in the sand in front of you, somebody's pushed it before you too. Find that path. Find your path. Find your mentors. Find your guides. Pray. Believe. You know, even when you don't see it, just thinking it puts it in your atmosphere. Puts it in the zeitgeist around you. Puts it in your auric field. Puts it in your way of being. And then suddenly, when you're in alignment with that thing, somebody comes and says, oh, look, I got a wild black podcast I want you to be on. And oh, look over here. I got something. And you start going, oh, click, click, click. And before you know it, when you turn around, even when you don't know how far you've come, you see all them footprints behind you. You're like, okay, we're doing something. But you have to believe that you... And all the people watching. Ashe. And yes. And you know, that's the other thing too. I think we get, we get so caught up in what other people think. And do we look cute doing it? And what's the what? And we, we lose the privilege and the opportunity and the present of present. Right? We all know that mm. phrase. Mm. Right? The- Present. The present of present. I love yes, that. Yes, the present is, is our present. And so if we can embrace the gift of now, and that is what dying and coming back taught me. I came back and every moment, uh, when you have severe post-traumatic stress disorder, every day I would go to sleep mm-hmm. and every day would be a brand new day. Like yesterday didn't exist at all. It wasn't like, oh yeah, that thing that I said. Like I'd walk into school and they'd be like, are you ready for the histology exam? I was like, Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, (laughs) there's a 
there's nostalgic stuff today. I had no idea because every day was a brand new day. And it took years for that, my mind to start being able to track longer than a day. It's just part of the process. They talk about how time shifts on itself. And so when you look up and you realize that you do not have all the time in the world to dilly dally and sit around Mm. smoking dope and watching Netflix, even how fun that is, baby, you got things to do. You got to get (laughs) up off that couch and keep it moving. And not just for the beauty of your own life, but for all the brothers and sisters and the young ones and everybody else that's relying on you to make some waves so that they can come through and do the thing and make the path a little more worn and easier for them to walk. That's the biggest goal of all, right? I want to leave this world a little more beautiful for the kin that are still here. And so that's why we fight the fight and we talk to silly folk like the Proud Boys and the KKK children and all the rest of them people that are still out and about. I even had some Proud Boys step up to me on July the 4th. So that's a whole other story. Yes, like racism is real. And we can't, I mean, like it's happening right now in Florida as we speak. Like people are coming together with hatred in their heart. And because they're in a group of other folk, they think that that makes it legit and justifies it. And so we have to do everything in our power, not only to just fortify ourselves, but to believe that the magic of all-inclusive love and radically imagine that they are being healed and they are going to have a, a moment where they get a come to Jesus moment for real, where they get yeah. that we all are children of God. Then listen, yeah, you better keep pushing that boulder up, honey. <laughs> you better keep it I'm moving. Telling, you know, yeah. You you mentioned something, and and I won't say it nearly as well, but I, the the Cliff Notes version was how short life really, really is and how you have a finite, I mean, truly finite amount of time, even though you may not believe it in the moment, yeah. to accomplish what it is that you're supposed to accomplish. Yeah. And, and for me, I've lost a ton of people in the last 15 years of, of my uh, life. And that realization that tomorrow truly isn't promised has become more real, more concrete to yeah. me. But something I tell people all the time, and it's a very simple video on YouTube that I've watched many times over, for people who need to see life quantified and truly understand how much time you have for yourself, for your loved ones, and to create impact, there's a video on YouTube called Your Life in Marbles. And if you have not seen that, to to, to both of you and to all the listeners, I suggest you watch it. It's probably five minutes long. Your Life in Marbles. And uh, without hesitation, I remember the first time I watched it, I finished it in tears because it is a quantifiable video that shows you in a measure that we're all familiar with just how much life you really have. It truly is a beautiful concept and depiction of the time value of life. Yeah. Thank you, brother. I I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, really. (laughs) That's really deep. And you know, Honestly, I, I do think that that is so important when you see it in front of you like that, because it's very um, mm-hmm. uh, e- ephemeral time, right? You just don't know. It you is. look up, like we just said, we were talking on the phone, like, bah, 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 bah. but when you look up and like, I just looked up right now, my beautiful mama is turning 85. Listen, and honey, mm. we going on the jazz cruise to celebrate, but it makes you realize mm. like, you don't, I don't even know, you know, 
it, the jazz cruise is in February. Let's get there, right? right? You know, like it's it's every moment, especially when you're when your people get older, mm-hmm. and you know, the faculty start to go, and your body starts to do different things. Every second is just so for real precious. The present is so precious. It, is. it really is. And it and is. for those that are in pain in the present, it's hard to hear that. And I get that. Because I, trust me, laying and getting third degree burns debrided on 70% of your body mm. is pain, for real. And the only way that I got through that mm. pain in that moment to moment was music. And it wasn't just regular, like, mm. baby, give me your number. It wasn't that kind of music. It was like, <laughs> it was very ethereal and, you know, harmonies and other languages. And it was so, it took me out of my present state of pain and into a place of healing. And that, that um, immediate sap is what I really do really believe in more than anything else. For me, music is that elixir that reminds me yeah. that there are things that I can't ever make sense of. I will never know everything, even if I read about it, like gravity. <laughs> it just exists. Do we see it? No. Yeah. If we didn't well, have it, that's when we'll notice it. But it's a it's a larger concept and yet very simple. And I think it's the same way if people, excuse me, that's my dog, Kaya. Um, if people hey, Kaya. <laughs> got to have <laughs> Kaya now. Yes. Um, it's just one of those things where you have to remember that life is is short and we all play a part in how the thread of it continues on past our tiny marble. I love the marbles. I'm going to go watch that immediately after this. I will. You, you should. It really is good. You know, as you talked about music, it made me think I saw something in your bio. I'm probably going to mispronounce this, but it was like... Musicologist, Ethno, yeah. Ethnomusicology <laughs> yeah. and yeah. sacred chanting. <laughs> I mean, what does that mean? I love, you know, <laughs> I know. Okay, so I was what raised, I was raised uh, Roman Catholic. And so we were, you know, I went to a, an all-girls Catholic school and, you know, we had nuns running around. And so the whole, Dominos, Dominos, you know, like it was very much so real in my world. And because I sang in every choir and all the things, I love uh, sacred oh. music. But I love sacred music from around the world. So like from West Africa, I've been, it's been all the fire for me to be studying uh, Afro-Cuban music. Like different languages and different rhythms and different ways to think about ways that we speak and honor. Ja is there's so much more music in that world than you even know. And it's been so incredible to learn about all the ways that folk, there's something called the monkey chant. I'm going to send this to you all. It's folk that are in Indonesia that sit in groups of hundreds and thousands of people sit there and they just go and they dance and they move and they enter into this trance state. And I think that that was really what drove me to it. As I was in the hospital, I had to enter into a trance-like state so that my body could heal and take me away from the pain. And so a lot of the sacred ethnomusicology music takes the listener out of the moment and into an elevated state. You can talk about getting the Holy Ghost, getting the Holy Spirit, you know, you go down to, my family's Baptist in Alabama, honey, and we have a church, the Gaston Chapel Church, and we would go there and people would fall out on the reg. And when I was a child, that really scared me. I was like, what is wrong with them? You know, 
Pastor So and So was speaking, and all of a sudden people started, right. you know, Big Sister May May got up and sang, and folk fell out. And that is power. When when Big Mama gets up and sings, and folk fall out, she's filled with that essence of great spirit. And that's what I wanted to experience. Like, how can I sing something and people just fall out? And that's such a beautiful thing to listen and study and try and learn all the ways that you can call spirit to you and share that love and that blessing with the folk around you. Yeah, so it, it makes it makes <laughs> me think, right? So for for so many of us, you know, music mm-hmm. is what we hear on the radio, right? For, for for those of us who are, who are cultured <laughs> enough, you know, that's a joke, listeners. We might turn on yo, we might turn on Yo Yo Ma, right? I turn on Yo Yo Ma so I can feel smart, uh, right? <laughs> you know, how where do like I don't even know how to yeah. ask this. Where do people start? Yeah. Like, how do they understand what what this is and 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 what it can do for them, right? What, does it relax right. you? Does it lift you? Does it does it help right. you to focus? And like, what what? Does what does it do things. and how do you find yes, it? Right? Is this yes, stuff on YouTube? Is it on yes, Google Play? Is it yes, on Apple it Music? If you type in, like, and it's so interesting. It's such a great question. And, you know, back in the day when Putumayo was around, they would put out, you know, like, sounds from the world and they would gather songs from, like, Latin America, from Africa. Um, but if you really want to do a deep dive, all you have to do is put in Yoruba music on YouTube and it will just take you all the way down the road rabbit hole, or Orisha music, O-R-I-S-H-A. Now you can go all the way down that. Oh, now yeah. I do know Orisha. And know so that. a lot of that music is very much so about holding the space of all of the spiritual elements of nature. And so people, I think what, what you're drawn to is the rabbit hole that you'll go down into. So if you want to experience and explore um, ways to to be all of those things, like you said, uplifted, as well as relaxed, as well as feel smarter, as well. <laughs> Just take a wild trip through global music. Check out West African drumming. Check out things that are not on the radio, but you can get it now on the internet, which is incredible. And there's so much yeah. music. Yeah. I just, to me, music in and of itself is the key to life. <laughs> it's the key to everything. Yeah. You know, e- even though like we haven't said these words, like I, I still feel them in the yes. undertones, like peace and love. I have we haven't addressed those, but I feel them yes. in the undertones of the conversation. And some of the things that I, I know you've been involved in, of course, music, inspiration, empowerment, social justice. So when you think about all these words that we haven't necessarily spoken yet. What is the intersection of some of those words, especially like the music, the empowerment, and the social justice that, that you then leveraged to find peace, to understand love, to go stand and sing with, for, around the Dalai Lama? Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Um, I, think it is, I think it's that. I think that the, um, the nexus of all of those things that you mentioned social justice, everything that you've talked about today, social justice, Mm self-awareness, the dope quote, how to be big, you know, all of these things come into a space where we have to acknowledge our authentic voice and that we don't have to speak it for it to be at that intersection. Just like you said, you can feel peace and love 
as the undercurrent to this conversation. And that is very much so the invisible thread that ties those things together with social justice. You're speaking about peace and love and you're just putting it in the genre of actual social justice. When you talk about uh, music and sacred music, there's that element that's there too with the love and understanding and forgiveness. And I think that um, so many times we are wanting to feel Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline our whole selves, accepted as our whole selves, loved as our whole selves, um, that the world is just by being our whole selves. Um, When you pull it apart and you separate it into different genres of conversation, like social justice, peace, love, it could feel disjointed. But like you said, the undertone, the wholeness of all those things pull us all together to make a unified being. And when we aren't, and we have these places where we feel disconnected and disjointed and disparate, there is a lacking. You can feel that energy too in someone. And so I I do believe that the best way to do all of these things is to align self. Back to the Jimmy quote, you can't do, you can't change the world until you get your own mind right. So taking the time to put our own oxygen masks on And taking care of ourselves, especially as people of color, we need to slow down. We need to have some self-care and self-love. We need to do it in a way that doesn't add to the harm equation. So I think a lot of times when we see things like in Hollywood and movies, the way that we're still depicted is very broken. You know, like we're a broken people, we're a broken species. And so we have to deal with that pain and angst and agony by doing drugs, selling drugs, shooting people, a lot, a lot, like all those things that that is kind of like this intriguing way that they used to depict black folks back in the day. Like the black folks in Hollywood always had, you know, banana skirts on and they're doing black magic in the woods. Like we're so much bigger and so much more complex than that, even if that aspect of us is true. So how do we hold all of our parts if we... If we can't hold all of our parts, how can we expect anybody else to hold all of our parts? So we have to do do what we can do yeah. to like have this podcast be on every station, every day, everywhere, so that people can remember the pride to be black and remember that we're out there, that there's some of us out there that are really trying to make those waves and and make a difference in the world because it is so hard. It is hard to to move and groove. I mean it. It's not. It's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy being us. It's, it's. It's not easy being anyone. Honestly, like life can be really hard. And when you breathe and you ground and you believe and you and you dig deep into that place where you want to love, where you want to be good, where you want to share, where you want to create community, where you want things to be better for other folk, those things will start happening around you, and then hopefully you can ripple out. And do that, those footprints like you were talking about. And people can follow and, and be together. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I mean, like as you speak and as you talk, that whole the whole notion of feeling like the the love and the peace as the undertones is so real for me. It is, it's it's like so thick. I can I can I can taste it, and it just like we ask we ask questions like this sometimes, but I can't wait to ask it here. So as you think about all that you've done, all that you're going to do with all the time you have left, what, if you had to boil it down to a sentiment or one concept, what would be the one thing you want most for the black community to walk away with as your gift to them? Oh, my beautiful, 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 beautiful black people. And I have to say, the beauty of the color black is so strong and isn't talked enough about because it has been so miscast as like, it's dark times, there's a dark shadow, you know, like the way that darkness has been woven into the fabric of our society as malevolent and evil, something to be avoided. It's something that we don't talk about when we have race conversations, right? Like how everything else, mm-hmm. language, languaging um, this disconnect with Blackness because of fear plays into our psyche as well. And so even though we're fighting for rights and justice and, and you know, equality, um, we also have to remember to love ourselves so deeply and profoundly and love our Blackness. The fact that we still, in our society, I'm going to talk about here in America, we have a color, our, our colorism is, is very profound. I grew up in a family, you know, like I said, I have people mm-hmm. in the South, and I was told all the time that I was, get out the sun, you're going to get too dark. You know, like that was a constant refrain. So I grew up thinking I was really, really dark skinned. I have a very light skinned brother, a very light skinned mother, light eyes, the whole thing. So when Spike Lee's movie came out, um, which, which one was it? With School Days. When School Days came out, honey, I don't know if the listeners remember this, you got to peep this film. Did y'all see the School Days? Mm-hmm, y'all know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Okay, right. Okay. Good and bad hair, whether you have a dark hair fair, I. Yes. I went to Wesleyan University and Spike Lee came right when that movie came out. Jesus. And I waited in this yeah. long, long line to, to give him a piece of my mind. And I got down to the microphone and I raised my hand. I said, as a dark skinned sister, let me tell you something. Blah, 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 and read Spike Lee the right act. And you could have heard a pin drop in the room. And I remember feeling like, what happened? Did I just speak hieroglyphics? Did I speak in tongues? I didn't even know it. Like, what happened? Nobody had any. There wasn't a yes, sister, yes, queen. There was nothing. It was quiet. So I left the, after the whole thing was over. And I was walking out so confused. This brother came up to me and he was real brown skinned. He said, uh, sis, 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 I have a quick question for you. I was like, what's up? He said, you think you're dark skinned? I was like, yeah. And he went, hmm, like that. And it was the first time that I ever really grokked race as a social construct. Because in my mind, I was perceiving me from the way that I was told to perceive me. I was told to beware of getting too dark, that I was already too dark already. And all that good, you know, like 
all this stuff, like people didn't like my dreadlocks. I was, I was embracing blackness in a way that I was gifted with high yellow and I wasn't appreciating it. I was getting back. I did not take it that way at all. I was told by my cousins, we can't play hide and go seek with you unless you go like this and make your eyes really big and smile really wide because we'll never find you. You're so dark. So I grew up thinking, and to this day, I'm still like, I am brown, baby, brown, 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 all the way downtown. Like very, very brown skin. But wow. other folks don't see me that way. And it's very disconcerting. And so my lesson and my gift to Black folks <laughs> is embrace Black. Black all day, baby. We have to be so proud. You know I'm wow. supposed to be Black, y'all. And that's a fact, y'all. And if you try to take what's mine, I'll take it back, y'all. Like, like that. That was my like, yes, that's my jam. Because that pride in our beauty is what will continue to drive yeah. Yeah. our desire and our ability to make change for equality. We have to be, you know, so when they talk about why is a black lives matter and not all lives matter, and don't get me started on Brother Kanye. He is a special episode with his whole white lives. Yeah, <laughs> right? The whole white lives matter shirt and all that thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. Story. And part of that conversation, <laughs> part of the conversation as I, as I pray for his inner child to wake up and, and get healed, um, is that, you know, I understand your sentiment, my brother, and we do need to talk about why blackness is still feared and reviled. Like, it's more than a notion. And we can't fall prey to that, being duped by that. We have got to hold strong to the beauty and love and pride of who we be. The fact that they have skin lightning creams that cause mercury poisoning in people all over the world that think that they are too dark or too brown. This isn't just affecting us and afflicting mm. African-Americans here. No, 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 no. This mm. is a global phenom where everybody wants to be light, bright, damn near white. Because it's viewed as pure. The languaging that we use around it, it's pure, it's clean, it's fresh, it's da-da-da-da. Yeah. It's a color. And black, baby, is all the colors. So we all the things. We hold all the magic. We got all yeah. the good genes. And you know what? I really do believe, and my father used to say this all the time, yeah. brother, that black panther man, my father, he was like, they're just jealous, baby. And you know what? Maybe so. So... Hold it. Yeah, me too. And let's hold that with grace and with love and not get duped into believing I agree with that him. we don't oh, have hardly. beauty, power, resilience, joy, love, and hold that and hold our communities accountable <clears throat> so that we can stop doing black on black crime, so that we can stop doing all the things that hurt ourselves, burning down our own neighborhoods because we can't go out to the white neighborhoods because we had. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's it's our own psychosis because yeah. we haven't stopped on the rabbit wheel or the what is it, hamster wheel yeah. to slow down and, and go, you know what? I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to take care of my neighborhood, my community. And we're going to feel our love and feel the healing of that love. I love that. I love that. That's what I wish for us. All right, Ami, I've got, I've got two more questions for you. Um, this is the last. Yeah, this is yeah. this is the last like real interview question, and okay. like I've heard you talk today, and we've talked so much. Actually, three questions. I lied. I got to sneak one more in there, but still, uh -huh, the, the last real, real, real question. We've talked so much, you know, directly and indirectly about music and humanity at the same time, and when I think about 
some of the most beautiful and most horrible places I've seen the combination of music and humanity. It's in movies. And it's done that way because whether or not we believe it, oftentimes the music that we hear dictates how we perceive anything we see, right? And the proof and the example behind that is a scary movie is scary typically. Jaws with the two notes. Exactly. Yeah. Because of the music. Because of right? the music. And if you go on and you, you look up on YouTube, there are a bunch of trailers where they've completely changed the music. So now a scary movie feels almost comedic. And so it got me to thinking, for someone who is so in tune with music and so in tune with humanity. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I wonder how the two combine in your mind. So the question I want to ask is, when you consider music, right, when you, when you look mm. at music on a piece of paper and you see the, the lyrics or you see the clefs, the clef, the staff, the signature, you see the notes, you see the spacing, the cadence, mm-hmm. there are all these elements that allow us to play music, right? Yeah. So if you had to correlate the ingredients or yeah. the components of a beautiful song on paper to humanity, what would that look like? The, the, clear, the clear question there is, what part of humanity oh. is the cliff? What part of humanity is the staff? What part of humanity is the time signature? What part of humanity are the staccato notes? Like, wh- what are the pieces of humanity that tie so beautifully to the music that you consume and share with us? I just love you so deeply. What a bomb <laughs> diggity question. My God, what a great question. And can you believe I've done a million of these podcasts? Ain't nobody asked me that deep of a question yet, man. You win the prizes. Hey, we try. <laughs> oh, I love that question. Well, the time signature is definitely humanity speaking with respect to like the structural components of society, right? If we're in 4 4, it's going to feel a certain mm-hmm. way. So, you know, when you. When you're in a regimented situation like school, it could be a four four. <laughs> when it's six eight and it's got a little more pop and zip to it, you know that's us yep. in, in the jazz club, baby. You know, getting down with yep. the down. Um, I definitely think that the the clef note, the bass, is the heartbeat, the 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 holding down. I mean, there's nothing like a bass. If you ain't got funk, if you ain't got a bass, if you ain't got drum and bass, that's you ain't it. got no funk. You ain't got no soul. You ain't got no nothing. Right, and the treble is the bebop bop on the top. That's like the spice of life. So I yeah, do think I like that, that these elements of the staccato notes are like when you when you want to pop it, like you get a brand new car and it's cute and cherry red. That's your little staccato note moment. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it really does. That's such a great way to describe life. I love it. Oh my God, Darius, you did it again. Now it's gonna stick with me, man, forever. <laughs> it's gonna stick with me, baby. Good. Yes, it's definitely it such a great, great thing. And the long okay. rest of Mata, the whole, Last, oh my God. Yes, go ahead. Because I can rip on that all day, for I, real. I think it's a, 
like it's just a it's a beautiful way to think about life, at least for me. Totally. Because it, if you if you correlate life with music, then it begins to make sense that even when life sometimes doesn't feel good, it could still be beautiful That's music, right. right? Because depending on the the, the right. rhythm and the cadence, it creates a different That's feeling, right. but that doesn't make it that doesn't make it ugly, right? So the whole thing. The That's other right. two questions are this. Yeah, very much so. Um, one, what did you sing? when you were with the Dalai Lama? And the second question is, what did we miss today, right? What, what, what do we need to talk about that we didn't talk about? Because I knew this was going to come because there's so much inside of you and so much that you touched. I knew we wouldn't get to it all. So please address those two questions for us. What did, what did you sing? One of six people in the world, what did you sing? <laughs> oh, was it from the Five oh Heartbeats? Look, she's saying, we, we are the world, we are the people. No, she's like, I got nothing but love for you, <laughs> Look, let me find out. You up here talking about me, and you about to drop that deepness right there. Let me find out, Baba Darius. So, I sang this, oh my God. I sang this song. It's called Tell My Feet I've Made It Home. Have you heard that song before? It goes, it goes, If on a mountain I could stand and see in all the roads where I I have been. Oh, the endless reach that holds me where I am. I could not believe what my heart knew all along. Said, now tell my feet that I made it a home. Anyway, he goes on and on and on about Talking about how wherever your feet are at, you're at. No way. I can I can let you finish singing that and not say something. <laughs> Sister, that was beautiful. Incredible. There was no way I could Incredible. let you just go from that to speaking and not take a moment to say that was beautiful. Oh, thank you, baby. I feel the same way when you yes. just broke out song. That was gorgeous. Thank you. Man. It was it was beautiful, and I was playing a djembe. Or it was it was lovely. Um, and um, the second wow. question, I don't remember the second question. No worries, I will gladly repeat it. Okay. We've t- we've talked about a bunch, and you've done even more. Is there anything that was on your oh. heart to share, to teach, and to tell? that we did not get to. I mean, because mm. we didn't talk about your, your time at the State Department. We didn't really talk about <laughs> your cultural ambassador work there. We didn't talk about the Cultural Arts Healing Science Institute. There's so much. No, the obvious thing is we obviously have to have a part two, but we didn't talk about, like, anything that, else that we go to. Really, when, when you come to Atlanta, we I got we got to oh, get you up here. We just wait. do an episode around, around song. It's got to yes! happen. In the studio. Oh, I would yes. love that. That would be so so much fun. You know, I think the, I, I, gosh, like you said, there's so many things to cover, especially when you talk about just in your title, wild black is everything. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think for me, 
just um, having more conversations around the importance of us coming together as a people to really stay at top of mind how we can all really better our, I don't want to say station in life, but, you know, really continue to, I mean, I, I just can't believe that Barack Obama is going to be the last black president. So what do, where are the baby Baracks? What are we doing to further our, um, I don't want to just say political foothold, but just our um, uh, desire to, to make change for us. How are we going to do that? I would love to talk yeah. about that. Because, you know, what I do with, for World Trust is I go and do these, these learning labs and these facilitations. Like a lot of people after George Floyd really woke up and it became their executive order of their organization to really weave in languaging around and look at their you know, DEI practices. And so there's DEI organizations popping up all over the place. But it's still mm-hmm. new for a lot of people. And so we, as World Trust, we've been around 25 plus years. So they come to us to help implement these ways. And so we've done a lot of interviews and films around ways that we can have healing justice in the world, ways that we can talk about cracking the codes and breaking down systemic oppression. People are tired of talking about things that are hard and uncomfortable. And, you know, it's like the scary music behind the movie, like you're describing. But there has to be a way for us to continue to talk about ways we can grow. It's like, you know, I know you all do a lot of, of work around money and, and wealth acquisition. Like there are certain practices that need to be, you have financial health habits, you need to have fitness health habits, and you need to have social justice health habits. But we're going to have to have these conversations, not just with white folks, but with everybody, with our family members. And it can't just be around race. It has to be around, around sexuality, gender, all the ists and isms, all the things that plague our society that prevent us from coming together is where we need to do our work. And so whenever, however, we can figure out ways for us to put our own oxygen mask on first around that particular thing is what I'm, I'm excited to continue talking about too. Mm. I love it. I love it. All right. At the end of our episode, we always hand the mic off to our guests to share one last thing that's on your heart or mind. And also very importantly, how people can engage with you, what social medias can, can they follow to learn more about what it is that you do and put into the world? Yay! Um, you can find me at amikayla, A-M-I-K-A-E-Y-L-A dot com. That's also amikayla at gmail.com. You can just email me. You can <laughs> follow me on all the tings. My name is so interestingly spelled. <laughs> you just type it in, you can find me anywhere. And, I would love to be in conversation with folks. So awesome, please check awesome, it out. Awesome. All right, you got anything, <laughs> and brother? And World Trust. World Dash. Yeah, art. I just got one word. Beautiful. Ain't it the truth? Oh. Ain't it though? I'm just a reflection of you. <laughs> Thank you. You all, all right. are beautiful. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm so excited for this amazing podcast to just a 200. 200- Plus, it's just the start. Y'all gonna be doing this for forever. Amen. Everybody needs to give y'all some money so you Amen. can keep it going Amen. out into the world. I said, let's get this advertisement going because you all are dropping, it's creating space for us to take care of ourselves. So whether you're listening or being interviewed on this amazing podcast, it's it's a space for us to reflect on what life is like while black. I said. 
Mm. I, I mean, I love, love it. it. Well, Black, it's been on Michaela Gaston, affectionately known as the Ami. With that piece, we out. We love you. <laughs> Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.